Welcome back to This Is Baseball. How are we doing today? I am Brandon Johnson. Before we, before we hop into the show, I have a few housekeeping, few housekeeping things to, to go over real quick before we, before we get into things. Um, I mentioned it last week, but during the offseason, we are, This Is Baseball is going to go to an every other week format just to kind of take a break from the the weekly uploads uh just cuz there's not as much going on uh we also are going to take the off season to just do some do some things a little different on the show just going to dive into a lot of different topics that I think are interesting regarding baseball, a lot of theoreticals, a lot of history, uh just a lot of fun things while we have while we have the time to fill while the while the off season is going and I think having less episodes per month will give me a little bit more freedom to give you something better. So that's that's starting now and we'll kind of revisit the upload schedule once we get closer to the 2024 regular season. So we'll kind of revisit in in March and see where we're at and kind of what I'm feeling like doing. Um but Let's let's get into today. Um, lots of news to go over in the league. A couple of managerial hirings. Cleveland Guardians manager Terry Francona retired after the 2023 season concluded and... Terry Francona, Hall of Fame manager. He had been with the Cleveland Guardians for about a decade. He was with Boston before that. Great manager. Did great things in Cleveland. Uh, Retiring. Wish him well. But obviously that means that Cleveland is on the market. In the market for uh, a new manager. And they went with former Major League catcher Stephen Vogt to be the new manager of the Cleveland Guardians. And Stephen Vogt has one year of coaching under his belt in the majors. He was the bullpen and quality control coach for the Seattle Mariners this past season. Um, I don't really know what to make of his hiring because obviously there's not a lot to really know about Stephen Vogt. He's an unproven coach slash manager. But I do know that he is a catcher, a former catcher, and former catchers tend to to do well in as managers. I feel like there are more more former catchers that are managers than any other position. So I think we'll learn a lot about Stephen Vogt over the next 
season or two if he has what it takes. And obviously you root for the guy. And I think that he has he has talent to work with in Cleveland. He has two years ago, 2022, Cleveland won the American League Central with a very young team. And they were competitive in 23. So I, I think there's a shot that Cleveland can be a halfway decent baseball team under Stephen Vogt's leadership. Uh, I also think, and I, I feel like I say this a lot, the American League Central is obviously the weakest division in all of baseball. So it's not out of the question. It's not crazy for me to sit here and say, yeah, Cleveland could win the AL Central next season because I think as the rosters in the Central stand now, I think outside of the Royals, I think any of those four other teams, Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago, Minnesota, could win the American League Central. More managerial news across Major League Baseball. The New York Mets hired a new manager. Now, they were in the sweepstakes for Craig Council. They didn't end up getting Craig, uh, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But the New York Mets hired... Yankees bench coach Carlos Mendoza as the 24th manager of the New York Mets. This is the Mets' third managerial hire in the last seven seasons. And I, I Carlos Mendoza is similar to Stephen Vogt and don't really know a lot about him. I know that he has coached on in multiple levels across baseball, so he has the ability to teach. And the New York Mets are going younger. They're kind of rebuilding, doing a mini rebuild is kind of what they said. So maybe having a guy like Carlos Mendoza, who has taught on multiple levels across baseball is a good a good person to have in charge of the New York Mets um and again he's he has a pretty good understanding of operating inside of New York so that's not going to be a big shock to him to be in the number 1 market in baseball um, the only questions that I really have is the New York Mets, or excuse me, well, the New York Yankees were very, they completely underperformed this season and a little bit interesting that anybody on that coaching staff is getting hired anywhere because I think this time next year, we could be talking about the Yankees looking for a new manager. So, again, if you look at it in 
Carlos Mendoza has the the experience teaching young players. Um, I think it could end up making sense. And I also think that it's good for the New York Mets. I know that they their ideal manager was probably Craig Council. It sounds like a lot of teams' ideal manager was Craig Council. But it might be good for New York to kind of go with a relatively unknown guy. Because whenever they hired Buck Showalter, that was kind of on brand for Steve Cohen's Mets. Steve was spend, 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 buy a championship type of mentality. And having a guy like Buck Showalter who has uh, many, many, many years of managerial experience... uh, It made sense to have him, and I doubt that Buck Showalter at this point in his career had any interest on being part of a rebuild. So bring in Carlos Mendoza uh, as his first Major League Baseball manager position. And yeah, this could be a, a really good opportunity for him. The Mets also hired a new GM, David Stearns, and this was, he's got a big job ahead of him. He's got a team that had expectations to be winners, and things just didn't work out that way. And obviously, that happens. It's hard to win in Major League Baseball, and there can only be one champion at the end of the season, and Mets haven't been able to do that in recent years. And this is David Stern's first big decision was hiring a new manager. So this is an important decision of David Stern's hiring Carlos Mendoza. And it's one that he needs to to get right. If he can get this right, and then he can make the right decisions with the roster, then the Mets could be in good shape. Moving on to more managerial hiring news. I've got a lot of that this week. The Los Angeles Angels also in the market for a manager and they just hired Ron Washington. Ron Washington obviously managed the Rangers back in 20, uh, 2007 to 2014. He led the Rangers to back-to-back AL pennants. Uh, wasn't able to win the World Series with them, but he's since then he spent some time with the Oakland A's and more, most recently on the Atlanta Braves staff as a coach there. And widely respected around the league uh, as a coach. He is 71. He's getting he's getting another shot at being manager. 
I am surprised that he took this job because, again, just brought up his age. And I say that because I think the Angels are about to be in full rebuild mode. Um, Shohei Otani is probably not signing back with the Angels. It sounds like there's a possibility that Mike Trout could be traded away from the Angels. So, no Shohei, no Mike Trout. That means, really, there's not a whole lot to work with on the Angels roster. It's a team that has not managed to be even remotely successful since they were the best team in baseball in 2014. The If you look at the American League West, the Texas Rangers just won the World Series. Probably going to stick around. The Texas Rangers don't feel like a one-and-done type of team. They have sustainability. Houston Astros. I still believe that they have the roster to make a deep run in the postseason. Seattle. Seattle made the postseason two years ago. They were in the hunt this season. So you have three teams that are actual playoff contenders. And your team, the Angels, it doesn't feel like they're in a position to compete. So I wish that Ron Washington could have landed in a better position, a better team, a better situation. But that's where he ended up. I do wish him success. I loved the Rangers teams that he managed. Those 2010-2011 Rangers were always a lot of fun to watch. So I hope that Ron Washington finds success with the Los Angeles Angels. Now, I mentioned Craig Council earlier, and I'm going to dive into his situation. So, Craig Council, longtime player and longtime manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, was set to be a free agent this offseason, and he was one of the most coveted free agent managers on the market. There were multiple, multiple teams that were very interested in him, including the Brewers obviously trying to retain him. The Mets were interested in him. Guardians interviewed him. And there were other teams as well. And for good reason. Um, Craig Council managed one of the smallest, if not the smallest market in all of baseball. 
He managed to make them a perennial contender. He led them to five playoff appearances in his eight seasons there. And and news broke that Craig Council was hired by the Chicago Cubs to be their new manager. And if you're anything like me, that hit my ear a little funny because the Cubs still have a manager, David Ross. David Ross was in his second year with the Cubs and had taken them. You know, it felt like the Cubs took a step forward this year. They were in a playoff chase up until really the final week of the season. And I I don't know if the way that the Cubs ended up missing the playoffs was part of the Cubs' decision to move on from David Ross or if they just didn't like some of the decisions that he made with personnel on the field. But it came as a shock that Craig Council was with the Cubs because there was no news that David Ross had been let go by the Cubs. So Craig Council signs a five-year, $40 million deal making him the highest paid manager in baseball. And what this tells me about the Cubs is they are likely going to spend some money this offseason and really try to take control of the NL Central. You have the Brewers, who just won the Central, who still have a decent roster and will probably be competitive next season. You have the Reds, who... They were fun this season, but... Nobody was surprised that they they missed the playoffs because the, the um, kind of surge that they had in the middle of the season with... Ellie De La Cruz um, kind of gave their team a jolt and they're fun. I'm sure that they will be decent next season as well. You have the Pirates who, I mean, let's be honest, they're just happy to be there. And then you have the St. Louis Cardinals who for the first time in a long, long time, as long as I can remember, honestly, seem like they're vulnerable. They have pitching issues and they will need to address those pitching issues before next season if they don't want to have a repeat of this season and being the worst team in their division. I don't know the last time that the Cardinals have had back-to-back losing seasons, but I would imagine it was before the year 2000. In fact, I think I can almost guarantee that it was. The Cardinals have been a juggernaut in baseball for forever, and so it's a little bit weird for them, and honestly, I feel like 
they have some dark times ahead of them. And I think if you are the Cubs, it's important for you to take advantage of the weaknesses and vulnerabilities inside of your division and spend money on your roster and act like you were a top three market in Major League Baseball and really take hold of the National League Central and run things for a few years. Now is your time to do that. And I think hiring Craig Council, going and get going and getting your guy, getting Craig Council, I think that tells me that it's go time for the Chicago Cubs. So we're going to pay attention to what they do this offseason because it's a very important offseason for them. And I believe that Craig Council is going to do very well in Chicago. I think he's the right man for the job. I think any team in baseball would be lucky to have a manager like Craig Council in their dugout. Just considering what he was able to do with Milwaukee, I am really excited to see what he can do with the Cubs, a team that has resources to go out and get players and be in the conversation for somebody like Shohei Otani. And as for David Ross, highly unfortunate for him. But I think he'll land on his feet, and I think it'd be absolutely hilarious if the Milwaukee Brewers hired him as their manager. All right, that's a that's enough league news for now. I want to jump into some some team performances and. I've thought a lot about this and I've broken up the league into three groups. So you have teams that were below expectations, teams that performed as expected, and then teams that exceeded their expectations. And I have evaluated these teams and broken them up into those three groups. And this is all based off of the regular season. So the the postseason hasn't... I haven't taken the postseason into account for any of these... Um, any of these grades that I've put on the teams. If, if I did, I think some of them would be a little bit different. But this is solely based off of where we thought teams would be heading into the, the 2023 season and where they ended up after the season had ended. So let's go ahead and start with kind of the middle group, the teams that performed as expected. Now, some of these teams in here are going to have terrible records. Some of these teams in here are going to have great records. Um, Again, it's how we thought they would perform. So starting out, Tampa Bay Rays. uh, They did about what we expected. The Tampa Bay Rays have, have become kind of a perennial playoff contender. They won 99 games. Uh, fell short of winning the AL East to the surprise Baltimore Orioles, but heading into the season, 
Rays, we knew the Rays would be in the postseason. The Braves, moving on to the Braves, um, Braves did exactly what we thought they were going to do. They were going to be arguably the best team in the National League. And, you know, we had big hopes for them in the pl- in the postseason. Um, but, again, this list has nothing to do with that. Um, but, won 104 games, had the best record in all of baseball, and just kind of blew everybody out of the water in every facet of the game. They were a team that was just completely unstoppable from the word go. Moving on to the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Los Angeles Dodgers, second best team in the National League behind the Braves. Dodgers have been a a juggernaut in the National League for over a decade now, and they won their division again and won it in comfortable fashion. So Dodgers did exactly what we thought they would do. They have two MVP finalists, um, along with one going to the Braves. So Dodgers did what we what we thought they would do. Um, we're going to kind of group some teams together here. Phillies and Blue Jays, both teams that made the playoffs last year. Phillies obviously went all the way to the World Series. Blue Jays... Um, have a good young team. Both of these teams were kind of expected to do more of the same. Maybe they wouldn't win their division, but they should be good enough to get into the playoffs. And both of them accomplished that. Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins um, came off of kind of a down year this year, but AL Central is one of those... Divisions, it was kind of up for grabs. It was really kind of between them and the White Sox. And you know the team that the Twins had good pitching, had a good lineup, and should probably win a week American League Central. And they did. It didn't take much for them to, but they did. They they won, and that's that's again we expected that out of the Twins. I have the Mariners on the list of teams that performed as expected. Now you might think that that the Mariners underperformed just because they made the playoffs last year. But I didn't, I never really looked at the Mariners as a team that was a lock for the playoffs this year. I thought that they could build off of what they did last year and it took them, they weren't great for the first half of the season. It took them really after the all-star break to finally, to finally get anything going and be part of that AL West division race and that, you know, it ultimately fell short and they they missed the playoffs. But again, I didn't really have really have high hopes for them. I mean, they broke a huge playoff drought last season and they were just kind of fun and they have two teams that are really good ahead of them in the Astros and the Rangers. So I thought, you know, they were kind of a fringe playoff team going into this going into this season. And that kind of brings me to my next team, which is the Houston Astros. World Series champions. Um, hey, go and win the AL West. And it took them to till the last day of the season to do it, but 
they did. And the Astros just are their winners and they fought hard, uh, overcame injuries earlier, early in the season and won their division. Now here's some teams that performed as expected, but weren't nearly as successful as some of the previous teams that I had mentioned. Uh, looking at the Rockies, Pirates, and Nationals, all three teams that are kind of in a little bit of a rebuild. Didn't expect much out of him, out of them. The Pirates were kind of fun for about six weeks, but after that, they 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 came back to earth and you know they were. They were outside of the Pirates because the Cardinals were worse than the Pirates this season. Uh, the Rockies, Nationals, and Pirates were three of the worst teams in all of the National League, which is exactly what you would expect out of them right now. I have two more in the as-expected column before I before I move on. and I had pretty much half the league in this as-expected, um, but two two more. Both of them are in the American League West, and I'll start with the Angels, the Angels obviously fell short of the playoffs. That is something that they do. They haven't made the postseason in a decade. They're a team that has a lot of hype coming into every season and just ultimately end up coming up short all the time every season. And it's just something that we've kind of come to expect the angels to do so yeah you uh you missed the playoffs again with two of the greatest talents this generation has ever seen and Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and your team did exactly what we all expected it to do and be below average last team in the as expected column was the Oakland Athletics and I really hate the this team is here. Listen, you have an owner that once out of Oakland, he's fielding a terrible team. We knew that this was going to be a long season for the athletics. And that's exactly what it was. They were the worst record in all of baseball. So yeah. And, and we kind of felt like that was going to be what the A's were this season. And they, they lived up to that. Let's move on to the teams that I felt were below expectations. And pretty much all of these teams were teams that were going or had had playoff hopes or had big playoff expectations this season. Um, most of them, a couple of them kind of on the fence. And one of them didn't have any sort of playoff expectations at all, but it's my home team, so I'm just going to be a little bit harder on them, but I'll get to them in a second. So I have Giants, Padres, Cardinals, Mets, Yankees, and White Sox. All of those teams were teams that have made the playoffs in the last two seasons, and have all all have rosters and have all spent money in an effort to be competitive. And the Giants, well, they're moving on to a new manager again. 
uh, with the hiring of Bob Melvin, but they are a long way from from being that 107 win Giants team that happened in 2021, which is now looking more and more like a fluke. The Padres have one of the highest payrolls in all of baseball, and they were in the NLCS a season ago. So you you would think that the goal would be to to build off of that and get yourself into a World Series and there was really never a moment this season where we felt like the Padres were even going to be remotely competitive. The St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals have been a perennial winner for forever. And it didn't take long to realize that this was going to be a long season for the St. Louis Cardinals. The pitching was never there. A lot of their big offensive players had down years. And St. Louis Cardinals had a long season. And it's been a long time since that's happened. And it kind of looks like that could be a norm in St. Louis for a little bit until they get some of those, those issues fixed. The New York Mets next on the list, obviously highest payroll in all of baseball brought in Max Scherzer brought in Justin Verlander. Obviously they have Lindor and they have multiple other names. They try to get Correa. This was a team that, I felt was a lock to make the postseason, as did a lot of people. They have the roster to do it. They have the pitching to do it. It's just, it just didn't work. And they ended up being sellers at the trade deadline. And now we're in a, like a mini rebuild. So a team that has spent a ton of money to not even be part of the postseason. Big failure by the Mets. And to kind of stay in that same conversation, Yankees, New York Yankees, were the second worst team in the AL East. Just above the Red Sox. This is a team that is a year removed from the ALCS with not a lot of differences on their roster. This was a team that figured out that they could not function without Aaron Judge. And I am absolutely confused by the fact that not only did a member of the staff get hired as a manager of a Major League Baseball team, but nobody outside of Sean Casey, obviously, nobody got let go from the Yankees staff. And I am completely shocked because this season was an absolute debacle by them. The Chicago White Sox, again, kind of in the same conversation as the Twins. The Twins have, or the White Sox have 
they were kind of the favorites. They've been kind of the favorites in the in the AL Central for the last three or four years. And I don't I think there's just no chemistry on that team. I know that they have bad ownership, but it's a team that they had a playoff window, and that playoff window is pretty much closed at this point, and they're likely going to be looking for a rebuild soon. Cleveland Guardians, to stay in the AL Central, won the Central in 2022. You could say that they were probably ahead of schedule, but the thought was, why why not? Why not why not win it again? And they had flashes of of promise, but again, I'm just kind of beating a dead horse at this point. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort to to win the AL Central and you were right there for a lot of the season and ended up finishing 11 games back. Now, let's move on to the Kansas City Royals, the team that I watch and listen to on the radio each season. This is a team that didn't have expectations to be winners this season, but it was a team that had the ownership in the front office was calling an evaluation season and took about a month to realize that or for the evaluation to be over and to realize that this team stinks and they have big problems. The pitching was abysmal. It took quite a while for the lineup to figure anything out. They were on pace to be one of the worst teams in franchise history and it was just an all-around bad year and they had the whole and still going on the whole stadium situation. Absolutely miserable season in Kansas City. Now you had some excitement with Bobby Witt Jr. We learned after watching him this season that he is a bona fide superstar. There were still kind of questions coming into this season of was his defense good enough and his defense was definitely good enough. He's great at the plate. Obviously he's fast on... The base paths, just an all-around great player. And you can call me delusional, but I think that they can make a few key moves this offseason and the Royals could be halfway competitive heading into 2024. But that might just be might just be wishful thinking by me. But that is that's a list of teams that were kind of below expectations. Now Moving on to teams that I think exceeded expectations. Let's just stick in the American League Central since that's kind of the theme right now. Uh, the Detroit Tigers. Oh, you could say, why Why do you have the Detroit Tigers and exceeded expectations? Well, because they are kind of in the same boat as the Kansas City Royals and are in a rebuild and kind of trying to trying to get back to being competitive and they finished nine games behind the twins but this was a Tigers team that really took a step forward especially in the second half of the season this is a team that should feel really good about their chances going into next year 
of, okay, I think we finally kind of figured it out and maybe we can kind of flip that record around and we can be in the hunt come September for the Central Division. The Reds, Cincinnati Reds and Chicago Cubs, both teams, both young teams that didn't really have much expectations coming into the season. The Reds had rookie phenom Ellie De La Cruz kind of light up the league for about half of the year. They were at one point in the playoffs, in the playoff picture. They were they were in the hunt coming down to the end of the season, and you know they finished up. They finished outside of the playoffs, obviously, but it was a team that we spent a lot of the season actually paying attention to what the Reds were doing and talking about Reds games and Reds players. And that's a win for the Cincinnati Reds. Same thing with the Cubs didn't have a ton of expectations with the Cubs, but they took a huge leap forward and were kind of a surprise team in the central giving the, the Brewers a run for their money along with the Reds for the, for the NL central division and Cubs kind of fumbled the bag at the end of the season which, again, is why I think David Ross probably lost his job. But I think the Cubs have set a good foundation, especially bringing in Craig Council, to be competitive next season. The Brewers, for me, exceeded expectations. I I thought this division was a lock, and maybe I just misread it. I thought this division was a lock for the Cardinals. But the Brewers, again, like they just, they're just there. They're, they're always there in September. They made the playoffs five times under Craig Council. And the small market teams are not supposed to make the playoffs five times in six years the way that the Brewers have. So automatically you're like, okay, they're, they're a step above the rest. My next team on the list of teams that exceeded expectations are the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins were a wild card team, but this was a division, the America, the National League East that was really kind of all of the the attention was on the Braves and the Rays and the or excuse me, the Braves, the Mets and the Phillies and the Marlins are like, yeah, that's great, uh, but we feel really good about where we're at. We have great pitching. We have a great lineup. We have one of the best hitters in the league. Um, don't forget about us. And they made the playoffs. And I think I think they'll be good for a little bit, especially with that pitching that they have. I have three more teams before I get out of here. The Baltimore Orioles was... One of those teams for me that completely blew my mind this year. They got hot and then just rose to the top of the AL East and then just never looked back. If you go to the beginning of the season, it looked like the Rays were going to just run away with the East because they started out 13-0 and then the Orioles caught them and then passed them and then never gave it back up. I, again, last year, they took a huge leap forward. Kind of felt like they might have been 
a little early to the party last year, but this year they took full advantage of the Yankees and Red Sox not being able to figure it out and had a great season and had the best record of the American League. And that is something to celebrate if you're Baltimore. Because, again, I think they're a team that has a great foundation to be successful for multiple years. Now, two teams left. Both of these teams were part of the World Series. Now, obviously, I like I said, um, didn't take the postseason into account. But I want to go over the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks had the the lowest record as, uh, out of all the playoff teams. But the Diamondbacks... At, at multiple points in the season were leading the National League West over the Dodgers and there was thought that the Dodger or the Diamondbacks could hold on and actually win the division they had one of the most fun rookies that we've seen in recent history and again a great pitching staff and they made the playoffs Diamondbacks made the playoffs for the first time in a long time, and they were just—they were just a fun team. It was a—it bre- was a breath of, of fresh air out in the National League West. Now the, the Texas Rangers. Obviously, Chris Young is their GM. He brought in Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Jacob Degrom. Made a big trade for Max Scherzer. Middle of the season traded for our oldest Chapman. This was a team that had a lot. They they put a lot of of resources. They put a lot of money and effort into their building their roster. And it, it was, you know, we, we need to be competitive. We need to be competitive this season. And again, they led. They led the the American League West for most of the year. They obviously ended up coughing it at the end, but to to think that the Rangers were gonna take over the AL West from the Astros and you know kind of running that division for the entire season was not was not something that I had had expected to happen this year. I thought that. Houston was going to just run away with the West and the uh, the American League West between the Rangers, Astros and Mariners was by far the best playoff race this entire season. But that is those are my my teams that I feel like exceeded expectations and that is that is all I have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time.